passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right. So we opened talking about Lamar because that is obviously a gift to people who do what we do for a living. Now let's actually get into the weeds and the nitty gritty of what Robert Kraft said before the Lamar Meek Mill text bomb, as well as Bill Belichick showing up in a pink gingham shirt with a pair of crappy shorts (laughs) and a Robert Kraft anti-Semitism campaign button placed on the left side of his abdomen. The only person in the world who not only would wear a button on the left side of their abdomen, but would then be obtuse when asked about what the button was and why he was wearing it where he was wearing it would be, of course, Bill Belichick. Um, Andy, I feel I know you're dying to just talk about Bill. I got to hold you at bay because once I do, I know it's cry havoc and let's slip the dogs of heart because you're just going to savage and get after Bill for his Monday avail at the owners meetings. But anything else from Robert Kraft's words stick out to me? The biggest one was when he said, um, uh, I really want Bill to get the record and pass Shula, but, and then I could hear a giant ellipses in his head before I even had to read it on the socials. But, dot, dot, dot. It's very important we make the playoffs next year. To me, that was as ultimatum-ish as Robert Kraft will speak when referencing his football team and his long-tenured, very successful head coach. Uh, Yeah, I don't think there's any question he applied pressure to Bill Belichick. He has in recent years, but I think this is the most. This was borderline, as you said, ultimatum. Like, yeah, the record's great, but he said, we don't care about our players' stats. We're here to win, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Bill is now dying under a knife that he once held, he once wielded. He created this culture of it's not about the past, it's not about individual stats or accomplishments, it's about winning and losing. And despite Mr. Kraft, sorry, Robert's shady memory, shoddy Mm -hmm. memory, uh, they've had a losing record in two of the last three years. They Uh, they have a losing record, Andy. I apologize for stepping on your verbal toes, but they've had a losing record overall since Tom Brady left. If you include the Buffalo game, they are one game under 500 on mass since Tom Brady took his talents to Tampa. But the reality is you didn't make the playoffs two of the last three years because you were a loser. Loser. It's not. I'm not I'm not taking that as a shot at you. You had a losing record. You lost more than you won. So you're a loser in the bottom line world of Robert Kraft, which used to be the bottom line world of Bill Belichick, but apparently isn't anymore. Now we live off past accomplishments and laurels. And despite players never being allowed to do that under Bill Belichick's watch. Um, so there was there was a lot there in Robert. I thought the most interesting and definitive thing was a his support of Mac Jones. He made it clear. 
personally, I'm still a big fan of Mac Jones. I thought he really mm-hmm. differentiated himself from the head coach who yeah. doesn't seem to be. Is there um, a, ca- a bigger rift between these two than we know about at this point? Is there is there is there tension in the building between owner and coach? Absolutely. But I think there's been tension for 20 years. I don't think there I, I think there's been a winning tension and now there's a losing tension and losing tension is more tense than winning tension. This is a good this is a good point. Right now I can currently hear producer Justin Turpin writing down the time codes of this like, "Ooh, I've never really heard that phrase that way. This might make a nice breakout video on the at Six Rings Pod socials to help Indeed. promote Fitzy and Hart's cause." Not well, a winning tension, a losing tension because maybe the greatest accomplishment of Robert Kraft's now three decade plus tenure as owner and president chairman whatever of the NEP has been that he kept Brady and Belichick together for as long as they did. And now he's kept Belichick in place, but he is absolutely, in my estimation, just like yours, applying pressure to him. That to me yesterday was an ultimatum. Bill, win, get back to the playoffs, sell me some tickets, get me in the headlines, flex me back into Sunday night football, make me a part of Monday night football's new super flex. I want to be at the top of the headlines for the right reasons again. Otherwise, you may find yourself chasing the Don Shula record in a Chargers uniform. And you'll need to find another job. I won't need to find a replacement for you because I have one. His name is Gerard Mayo because I said, quote, he'll be a head coach. I hope it's with us. Gerard Mayo, one of the keys to the offseason. We saw the press Mm -hmm. release in early January, and Robert said it was really important to keep him here long-term, long-term, not for this year, long-term, guaranteeing that he'll be a head coach. There's no ceiling on his Mm -hmm. coaching success. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we no longer have to have the debate. He is the coach in waiting. He is the succession plan, and the succession plan could take over as early as next winter. You don't you, say now, I, Andy, could you just, could you, uh, could you humor me a moment, please, sir? Yep. Uh, would you do me a flavor? Um, where was it first that, uh, it was said, I think in, shall we say the Patriots media or broadcast community, or just in, in Boston, where was it said first, uh, that Gerard Mayo would be the next coach of the New England Patriots? I'm going to guess the six rings podcast because everything is said first on the six rings podcast, even bad things, by the way, because mm-hmm. when Robert went on to discuss the experiment and the poor spot that Matt Patricia was put in, that was first predicted a year ago in January by the mm-hmm. six rings crew. We didn't mm-hmm. say it was a good idea. We just said it was a plausible idea that Bill might embrace. He embraced it way more than he should have. Robert let him embrace it. And it was a debacle for everybody yes. involved. I, I said it the night of. The night that press release came out, I was on with Rich Keefe. The press release came out at like 7 o'clock. There was a Mike Giardi tweet letting people know that the Patriots had put out a very unusual press release on a Tuesday at 7, just two days after they were eliminated from postseason contention, ending their 2022 season in Buffalo. And it was, we're pursuing it. We're officially starting a search for an offensive coordinator, and we're working hard to retain the services of Gerard Mayo. And I said, right on Rich Keefe's show, I believe, at 7.04 p.m. that night, there is your next head coach of the New England Patriots. Then we podcasted about it. We certified it. We branded it. Please, people, if you want our takes, if you want to take snake, co-opt, et cetera, make them your own. That's fine. A little attribution or a hat tip or a, oh, I heard, I picked this up first from um, those two knuckleheads, Fitzy and Hart, fart, you know, whatever you want to call us on the Six Rings pod. Just a little, a little attribution every now and again. I think it would go a long way. Agreed. And, uh, 
can I give you the quote of Robert Kraft's media session? One single quote that I pulled out. Wait, we've already run off several that we called the quote. The t- there's a takeaway. There's a bigger quote than these. Go ahead. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight words. Bill is in charge of my football team. I think that's a really, really, did I count right? It's eight, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, he wasn't Bill using he charge. wasn't using his toe to draw a line in the sand with that one. My football team. <laughs> this my team. I put you in charge, which means I can remove you from being in charge. I thought that was the line of the the availability from Robert and he, it, it is what it is. This is a make or right. we've, all, we've all said make or break year for Mac Jones, correct? Ah, uh, yes we have. Make or break year for Bill Belichick's final days in new England. If they do not make the playoffs, if they are not a good team. Now I always leave a little bit of a caveat for maybe it's ridiculous. Maybe that like, maybe they somehow go 12 and five, but miss the playoffs or something crazy. But I think if they don't make the playoffs, if they're the mediocre football team, they've been for the last few years, I think Bill's going to chase that record elsewhere. I hate to say it. I agree with you. I don't, it's not, Why do you hate to say it. It's okay. I just said, no, it's okay. I, because it just flies in the face of everything, but it's a different time. These aren't the Belichick Brady Patriots anymore. We need to, they are the new England Patriots, but we need to stop looking at them that way. We need to frame our view of the team differently, which now notice I'm segueing right into what I know you've been dying to get into plays into bill Belichick's grumpiness during his availability at the NFL owners meetings, 2023, and the line, the takeaway from his speaking to the uh, Reese's and the Garigians and the Currens at all yesterday. Andy, you took right to the blogosphere and posted a piece on WEI.com saying that Bill Belichick was living in the past. Why did you feel that? Why were you so impassioned to immediately opinionate and stand atop of uh, the take that is your hill? Because the list of dumbest things Bill Belichick has said in his two-plus decades in New England has a new leader in the clubhouse. Mike Reese asked him, why should Patriots fans have optimism heading into 2023? And Bill said, I don't know, the last 25 years? Excuse me? The last 25 years suddenly come as a collective group and they matter? Mr. Last week, last month, last year doesn't matter. All that matters is what you do this week, what you do today, what you do in this new season is all that matters. Now he's telling us because they were really dominant in 2003 and 2004, we should believe they're going to be really good, fun, entertaining, and dominant in 2023. Has he slept through? Now, Robert may have slept through the Cam Newton year because he forgot they had a losing record, but has Bill slept through the post-Tom Brady error, error, in New England, not an accent. I chose the word error where he's made, he's wasted money. Robert Kraft brought that up. He's had, he ended up in that error because of bad drafting. And they've been a losing team for two of the last three years. They don't have a playoff win in the last four years. Suddenly he wants to puff his chest out and the pin, which is not on his chest, which he supports the initiative. I feel the emotion, Bill. I feel the energy. I feel the passion behind the blue square that you bring. A simple because there's no place in this world for Jewish hate or hate towards people of the Jewish right. faith. Like the same way he spoke, he he spoke glowingly about Burge's campaign. Yep. Uh, about, you know, coming out uh, in favor of people from uh, Armenia, correct? Armenians, yep. right? Didn't the he Armenian speak? genocide and everything that yeah, was going yeah. on over there. Like yeah. we need bringing attention to it. Now, quick aside on the blue pin that was way mm-hmm. down in a weird spot on his shirt. Um, forget the quotes and the lack of verbal support 
seemingly. Um, there are people that believe he put the pin down there so it wouldn't be on camera. He knew he'd be sitting down and he didn't think it would, you know, he wanted it off camera. The same way that he always moves the NFL yep. network microphone. Yep. And he did in this case, took the microphone and placed it further back on the table. I can't dispute that. I don't know why you would wear the pin in that weird spot down there other than you don't want it to be on camera. So that why? was weird. Why? Because Why the, wouldn't he want it on camera? He's tough to work with. That's the reality. He He's abrasive. He's acerbic. It's his way or the highway. Does not play well with others. But Whatever you want. it's a great wanna... spotlight for an, um, for an awesome campaign for a generous person who, by the way, has probably given him about $500 million to coach his football team over the last 24 years. I can't answer those questions, but I can get back to the hypocrite that is Bill Belichick because he chose in that moment to say there should be excitement. And, and by the way, I could have answered the damn question. You know, we've made some really productive changes. We think this off season, mm -hmm. we've improved our coaching staff. We've improved our roster. We've added weapon. Like you can go down any road. We have a core of young players that we really think is evolving and developing. There's yep. a million roads to go down. The one road you can't go down is the beep. You know how that commercial Florida is great. And you try to back up into the parking lot and all your wheels blow up because you backed mm -hmm. over the spike in the rental yeah. car yard. <laughs> yeah. Bill just backed over the spike in the rental car yard. He wanted to go back on vacation. The vacation's over. And now he's sitting on four flat tires and doesn't know what the hell to do. Honestly, his contradictions piss me off because he has belittled us in the media for talking about the past for the past 20 years, and now he brings up his resume? How insecure could he be? He may be the greatest coach of all time. I don't know. Different debate for a different day. He wanted to put that off as well. But how insecure is he that he feels the need to remind us occasionally of his record, of his Super Bowls, of his successes in the past? Well, guess what, Bill? If you want to be reminded of that, I'm going to remind you of something. And I don't really believe in this argument per se, but if you want to get snippy with your past 25 years, the success you had came with Tom Brady. Fact, not an opinion. It is what it is. You like to say it is what it is. Your greatest success, your consistent success, your dynasty came with Tom Brady. Since you don't have Tom Brady, you ain't never won a playoff game. You've been to the playoffs once. You have two losing seasons. And the genius is being buffed off your bust. So if you want to start looking in the past, we can look at the past in a variety of ways. Yes, there was success. No one tried to take that from him. No one has said he wasn't a good coach or didn't win a lot of games or didn't win a lot of Super Bowls. But we're also obvious to Bill, you told us all that matters is the here and now. And in the here and now, you're a middling, mediocre football team that needs to get better. Or, by the way, the owner said your job is in question. Ooh, man, we are going to take a network TV timeout, let Andy Hart take a seat on the bench, get a Gatorade, nice cold towel on that one because that take was scalding. And, I, you know, a lot of people, Andy, don't disagree with, with everything you said. In fact, you can't disagree week, with what I said. It no, was all facts. I, I don't. It, all was facts. All, it was all fact. It's a, it's a crying shame. I don't understand why. You know, sometimes the, uh, the phrase that I developed last year during the draft a draft that was hit that, you know, yes, I did highlight at one point that all 10 players from last year's draft contributed in their win on the road with Bailey Zappi starting against Cleveland. It was a, a, I, it was a more positive than negative draft, but everything about the way he's gone about his business in recent years, what's my operating phrase? Obtusely Belichickian. And yesterday he was at the pinnacle, the apex, the zenith, every SAT word for top, hilt, mountain peak, of being obtusely Belichickian. 
with the NFL Network microphone, the gingham shirt, and the freaking shorts, the button down on his belly, not answering any question pleasantly or directly, having no humility, more hubris than necessary, name-checking his resume, like saying resume people, scoreboard people, demanding uh, fealty and loyalty to him because of what he's done, as if nobody else contributed to the double dynastic run, which, by the way, is getting further and further and further in the rear view and getting smaller and smaller and smaller and making people sadder and sadder and sadder. All he had to do, just a little humility, just a little bit of, you know, last year we tried to do things a certain way. It didn't work. I have helped along with many great coaches, players, Robert's uh, uh, generosity and commitment to us set a standard here, and we failed to live up to that standard last year. So I pledge as coach of the New England Patriots to do a better job. It began Our job immediately began January 9th. It has continued through free agency. We feel like we're in a better place. We can't wait for the draft. This is our time to rise back up to the standard that I helped us set. And then we would have said, you know Love what, it. Bill, you're damn right. You are the coach of the Patriots. I will go to battle with you. I will sacrifice half my year watching this football team and spend the rest of it talking about it because of what you just got me fired up for as opposed to, I don't know, the last 25 years. Thanks, Bill. You know what I needed to be reminded of? The, uh, I don't things haven't been all that thin around here. Yeah, come Same on. thing. Yep, same come thing. Come on. Don't play the hits. Straighten Glory it out. Days. Let's go. Glory. He might as well have ah. got out his Al Bundy, put his hand down his pants and said, I had four touchdowns once. Like he's living in the past. He's living in the glory days. And it's sad. It so really is sad. It's sad. Sad. <sighs> Anyone say anything else that we need to go over? I think we've, uh, I think we've hit the highlights of both Robert and Bill from. Uh... Yeah. For no, the I'm... most part, like I actually. Oh no. The quarterback thing. I want to, what about this? Just freaking say. No, uh, we'll get when he answers Karen Garigian, like, oh, we'll give all the we'll give all the players a chance to play. Everybody's going to play. Andy, was that all right? Multiple choice. Andy Hart, was that quote about everyone getting a chance to play? Was that a motivation for Mac Jones? B proof that he still doesn't like Mac Jones and there's tension between them or C irritation because he knows Lamar Jackson and the choice to have him is on the horizon, dropped on his lap from his owner, who loves mentioning that celebrities text him. Um, I think he doesn't like Mac Jones. Uh, and and it's a, it's a stark contrast, and Chris Mason did a good job going back getting the quote from the summer, where he basically transitioned Mac into the Brady role, like we're going to do everything to support Mac as the quarterback of this football team, the way they did for Tom for 20 years, blah, blah, blah. Now it's like, well, he can play in this league, but everybody's going to get a chance to play. Everybody gets a chance to play around here. Um, and then uh, I wasn't sure, but Robert clarified it for me. Robert Kraft a little while later when Robert said, I personally am a big fan of Mac Jones. Oh, so the owner is still a big fan. It's the head coach who's no longer a big fan. And why is that? Because the quarterback had the audacity to, to voice and show his frustrations eight months into the experiment that nearly ruined his career and ruined the Patriots franchise and put poor Matt Patricia in a place where he is now an NFL cast off, even though he's a good coach and a smart guy and a hard worker, as Robert Kraft said. You, Bill, your one decision ruined your relationship with Robert, ruined your relationship with your quarterback, screwed Matt Patricia. It was an absolute debacle. But now I, I do think Bill is holding um is holding the 2022 season against Mac Jones and I do there there's a disconnect there between the head coach and the quarterback that's just me reading the tea leaves
Earlier in this podcast, I uh, I asked, if not opined, for people to just give us a little credit every now and again that some of the takes, some of the theories and ideas we introduce here on the Six Rings podcast are actually pretty sharp, pretty salient, and a lot of them actually come to pass. And then other people take, snake them, and don't give us any credit. Yep. Yep. If Bill Belichick had just listened to Andy Hart and gone with Nick Cayley as the play caller last year, he could have either A realized he had a play caller and offensive coordinator of the future in waiting by his side and then not even needed to go through the Billy O'Brien hit uh, routine and nonsense, whether people think that's a good idea or not. And B avoided the Matt Patricia crap show, which has now strained his relationship with his quarterback, strained his relationship with his owner, strained his relationship with his friend, Matt Patricia and strained his relationship with his fan base that has pledged loyalty and bent the knee to him for almost two and a half decades. It was such a terrible idea. It, uh, it almost now, Andy, May, we, and we batted this around last week on the Middays with Foria. What's the one thing you'd go back in time to undo in the last five years? And no, you can't say, uh, you know, hold on to Tom Brady. Mine was, I think the obvious answer for most is don't go with the Patricia experiment. Let Nick Cayley do it. If Cayley works out, great. If he doesn't, then you go get Bill O'Brien. But at least you swung for the, you took the appropriate swing for the fences. And you swung with a bat, not a piece of spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not a, yeah, not a, not a handful of, you know, wet bamboo. (laughs) You actually used a real baseball bat. Yep. (laughs) But uh, mine was they missed their opportunity to begin this rebuild in 2020 by not just going complete tankola. They, yeah. I, I, well, I now, argued for that at the time. I know it was pre yeah. six rings, but I argued for that at the time. People can I, say, Bill, Bill will never tank. Bill will never lose. And I said, yeah, but Bill says yep. he does what's in the best interest of the football team. And you can argue that's in the best interest of the football team. So you mm-hmm. avoid this middle of the pack media. Cause I, the one thing Bill said that I really agree with is mm-hmm. we've been competitive. We've yep. been competitive and we're no, going to continue say, yep. to make, and, and I agree with him. The problem is you're just competitively mediocre. You're not entertaining. You're not getting to the playoffs. You're not, you're not fulfilling your fans wishes to be entertaining. Andy Hart, right? Rule number one, Andy mm-hmm. Hart, be entertaining. It's sports entertainment. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you also should probably please your boss who who's really important. Cause he let you know, uh, Bill is in charge of my football team. MY, you know, what do they write when you put like make, make it capital and put like emphasis mine? You put in parentheses as like if you're writing it. Yeah, emphasis is mine on my, but I heard the emphasis from Robert Kraft. So Bill, it's just he could have avoided this, but he and and you're right. I would take Matt Patricia, that decision redo, take a mulligan on that over the Brady thing mm-hmm. anytime. I think you can argue the Brady thing was the wrong deci- the right decision that worked out poorly, that just looked really yep. bad. This was never the right decision. It was never the right decision last February, last March, last April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Never the right decision. Never once was it the right decision. No argument could be made that it was. No one could make the argument other than Bill half-heartedly saying, well, a good coach is a good coach. Really, Bill? That that's all you got. Good coach is a good coach. Like, okay. I and I I, I wanted them Tony to Tony LaRusa. They should have brought Tony LaRusa in to run the offense. He's Bill. Sure, why not? He's a, he, a friend he's of Bill's coach, right? Yeah, we he understands Tony coaching. Oh, yeah. coach, right? Scoring, defense, or, yeah, all that. Sure. Or how about or Brad Bill, Stevens? Brad, Brad Stevens. Stevens. Ime Udoka. He was available. Well, he wasn't available at the time, but during the season, he was available. You know, not sure. Robert, but but, but the entertainment factor that I tried to convince myself was worth was worthwhile in the 2020 season. Now in hindsight, 
They absolutely never should have brought in Cam Newton. They should have started Jarrett Stidham. They should have ridden, ridden with Stidham. And they should have traded Joe Tooney, traded a couple other players that anyone would have had interest in, stockpiled draft picks. You had the, you, you, Andy, they had the gift, the freaking gift of no fans in the stands to complain or boo for the team going in the old tank all of that season. It would have been the easiest get out of jail free card the team and franchise would have ever had. Strip it down to the strip it down to the chassis and rebuild the car and sell off all the parts. Then now you'd probably have a better roster to be able to try to keep up with the Philadelphias and the Buffaloes who stripped it down and rebuilt through the draft and then made some clever trades and proper free agency signings. I shame on, I'm not going to say shame on me for rooting for it and getting buying into the Cam Newton season and everything else but they really should have just sold off all the parts and truly begun anew with Mac Jones. But Hey, listen, if spots, candies and nuts, it would all be a Merry Christmas. Uh, that's the, that's like two of the six rings and football things. Super pod coming out of the owners meetings. Follow us. If you get a chance, tell us we're idiots. Thank us for the takes, or at least appreciate the entertainment information analysis and more at Fitzy GFY at jumbo heart. And of course at six rings pod. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus